Recorded live from that birdhouse in your soul, it's Transformation Thursday. I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her as well. Our guest today is a dynamic young man who is running for Rochester City Council, Victor Sanchez. Victor is going for an at-large seat for the City Council uh, on the Democratic ticket. The Democratic primary is June 22nd. Uh, and in the city of Rochester, basically whoever uh, is the victor of that goes on, is the victor of that to the victor go the spoils same because i said victor and his name is victor see it's a joke laugh like you mean it i certainly hope that our conversation with victor is going to be much more entertaining than this open and we'll be right back with that after the traditional music swell and fade Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loonie, and a few British tenors from when I was in London, because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh, yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes, and change isn't good or bad. It just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one, the coins, money, about how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love, we do have expenses, and by going to TransformationThursday.com, they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today, plus get exclusive patrons-only content. Um, if I say yes, can we get on to our next segment? Oh, God, I hope so. Okay, then. TransformationThursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure. I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. My name is Amy Stevens, and my pronouns still have not changed since the break. They are she, her. And I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her as well. And our guest today for Transformation Thursday is one of the candidates running for city council, Victor Sanchez. Victor, welcome to our podcast. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we enjoy being had. So um, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your campaign. Um, you're running for city council? That is correct. Yeah, this is one of the at-large seats. So there's five at-large seats uh, total. Um, so they're all up for election at the same time. So it's not necessarily like I'm running against anyone in particular, but just, you know, one of the candidates out there. Okay. How many candidates are running for the at-large positions? Do you know? As far as I know, there's 19 candidates running. So 19 oh. candidates for five seats. So it's it's quite a quite a wide field out there. Mm -hmm. That's just your... Sorry, do you know this from historically? Is this a larger field than normal, or is just is this normal? Because this seems like an inordinate amount of candidates. Yeah, it's a little bit from the last time that we had an at-large seat uh, election. It's a little bit large. I think the last time there were 14, 15 candidates. So it's close, but a, a little bit extra this time around. Yeah. 
So yeah, we uh, just so full disclosure, Victor and I have a history. We've both worked together on the human rights campaign uh, dinner here in Western New York. Uh, so we, I, I, but so I know that you're an activist. I know that you uh, are very active in a lot of different, um, a lot of different uh, causes. Um, I know um, environmental and LGBTQ issues are very important to you. Uh, do you want to take a minute and just give us your your platform? Uh, what are the what are the things that that made you decide to run for this position? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'll go back a little bit um, and hopefully let me know if I'm dragging on a little bit too long. But uh, first of all, um, you know, I never really thought about myself as a politician. I still don't. You know, if anything, I want to consider myself a public servant. Um, but it, the idea of getting into politics was not something that I had thought about before. Um, I just became an American citizen in 2018. So fairly recent. So before that, you know, I couldn't even vote. Uh, a lot of times my opinions were questioned because I was not an American citizen. Um, so that idea was never really in the forefront of my mind. Uh, and it wasn't until, um, you know, Trump got elected. Like most of us, it completely changed the way that we look at things. It changed the way that we become active in our communities and in our society. Uh, and that was really the moment where I was like, I can't wait any longer. I need to do anything I can to become a citizen. So at the very least, I my voice could be heard so that I could go out and vote. Um, so voting is something that's super important to me. Um, and then shortly after becoming a citizen, somebody approached me and asked if I would ever consider running for office. And at that moment, you know, it was, uh, I had very little bit of time to make that decision, but it was something that, um, you know, I started to think about it and I was like, yeah, there's nobody that really, reflects my identities, that reflects, you know, my point of view in local office. Um, so that is one of the things why I really wanted to run, um, to have that diversity and representation in all levels of government, in my opinion, is very crucial. And you said you, you, you know, you, you gained your citizenship in 2018, you know, under the Trump administration. And, you know, like a lot of us, you know, in LGBTQ circles and, you know, people of color and marginalized backgrounds, you know, immigrants, getting, yep, everybody. And yeah, you, and according to your website, your family came from Mexico. So how does that frame your point of view and your experiences growing up and as you head into politics? Yeah. So that, that's, uh, I've, I've thought about that, uh, obviously a lot more recently, but definitely, you know, I grew up with the mindset of we were coming to the United States to, you know, follow the American dream to, uh, essentially leaving, uh, my parents had to flee Mexico because of the corruption that was taking place there. My dad had a small business and my dad was not somebody that necessarily likes to keep his mouth shut when he sees something is wrong. Um, so there started to be a lot of pushback uh, locally from law enforcement, from the local government to the point where his life was in jeopardy. So that's the reason why we, one of the main reasons why we fled, you know, the U.S., I mean, left, fled Mexico to the U.S., and why we, we wanted to start a new life here and follow what a lot of people perceived as the American dream, which is you know, finding a job, finding a house. Um, but one of the things that I started to realize, especially you know, after graduating college and starting to become more active in this community is just how difficult it is to really pursue that American dream, how difficult it is for people, especially those of us that are marginalized, that have marginalized identities, you know, whether it be racially or LGBTQ or your immigration status, um, 
in how society and the, and the social and uh, systemic structures just make it so difficult to pursue that and follow that. And how, I, how I've been very lucky and privileged in having a support system and mentors and people that have been there by my side pushing me along and uh, lifting me up. Uh, but it doesn't come easy to everyone. So, you know, that definitely, I go into uh, this role with that in mind, where we need a government system that is going to be that support for those that do not have that. How can you be that voice for systemic change in the city council, in the city of Rochester? Because you look historically, the areas of plight in the city of Rochester now were redlined back in the 30s and have this long history of marginalization. So what can you and what can city council do to improve, you know, situations like that within the society for those marginalized communities and those neighborhoods? Yeah. So, you know, definitely it's, it's about tackling the, those changes in systems head on. So, you know, you can't, creating policy, for example, uh, like, bringing up redlining, you know, the families were not allowed to buy property in certain areas if they were people of color. Uh, creating a policy where that is illegal is not enough. You know, we need to look at system that's actually going to give uh, those communities and those families that have been uh, neglected the ability to purchase housing and purchase uh, and build equity, actually give them a, head, uh, a hand up and provide them affordable housing. I am, uh, I serve on the low, on the board of um, the City Roots Community Land Trust. And, you know, we're specifically focusing on building equity through community uh, land ownership. So we buy, we buy houses, we buy land, we buy property, and then we flip that around and give it to communities that are, you know, low income communities. So fix up the houses so they could buy, you know, the houses, first time home buyers, we're talking about, you know, $60,000 houses, uh, you know, so affordable for people in this city, uh, that then they're able to build equity and keep that, uh, that house sustainable. So partnerships like that, that we can do within the city and organizations that are already in the front, in the forefront doing that work, um, you know, is one of the things to really create that systemic change. Yeah. So, and I, I, as you're as you're saying this, the question I'm having is who's who's doing the the work on those houses? Is that also a minority program? Are you using minority and women-owned businesses and things like that to to restore and 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 work on those houses? Is that also part of the problem? Part of the uh, that is also program? part of the the program. We're trying to work with some um, local training uh, organizations that do um, help build skills up for people within the community. Um, so if you have never even like lifted a hammer, you know, you're, you can go through this program to so get some of those skills and trains that would then allow you to go into some of the more, uh, structured apprenticeship programs. Um, there is a lot of volunteer work. So we just had a volunteer day, day yesterday. So I was down there, uh, demoing, uh, some of, some of the, the spaces. Um, so it's a mixture between volunteer work and focusing on a lot of, um, small uh, minority owned businesses, especially those that actually offer some sort of uh, training program uh, to build up uh, skill sets and, and create jobs. Yeah, that's the thing that gets me about a lot of the, the, the conversations that I've heard or and, and tried to ignore and ridiculed on social media 
uh, about you know wanting handouts. This is not a handout thing. This is actually training. This is actually a positive growth thing for everybody. And I think it's a and, and it's also local. I, that's one of the great things about it. I think you're putting yourself in a prime position right now to to affect some some major change in a lot of different communities. Yeah, definitely. And I, and the other thing, you know, right now we're talking a lot about um, you know the legalization of marijuana, and you know assuring that that money is actually going to the communities that have been primarily harmed by the criminalization of it is crucial. You know, it needs to get done and it needs to be assured that it's actually being done with the input of the communities that have been harmed. You know, not just somebody like, you know, sitting in city council or uh, administration that is saying where this money is going to go, but actually listening to those communities and putting that into effect. When we start talking about legalization of marijuana in the state of New York, definitely marijuana crimes have been targeted towards communities of color over the years. You know, and what do you see as city council's role, especially with so much stuff going on? And I'm just going to be polite and say stuff. You know, well, let's just say, you know, the Rochester City Police has a long history of discrimination, um, you know, murdering citizens and, you know, just really some questionable tactics. What is city council's role and what can be done in that regard, you know, with the police accountability board to make the city police department something that's really there for the community? Right. So uh, you said it, you know, the primary thing is assuring that the police accountability board has the funding and independence that, you know, it, it, it needs. And that quite frankly, a lot of us, believed that it should have when we went out and voted for it. Um, so that is, you know, I think the very first step that needs to be taken. You know, they just put out their, their recent budget and it needs to be funded by the city. It needs to be, we need to make sure that it, the accountability is there. Um, and the police accountability board was elected by, by the citizens of Rochester to make sure that that happened. So that has to be the very first step. And then from there is listening to the policy accountability board to make sure that any policies, any procedures that they come up with, anything that um, any review that needs to take place is supported by city council and, and put into effect. Um, how do you feel about the calls to defund uh, or um, even deconstruct police forces? Is that something that you're interested, willing to talk about? Yeah. Uh, I try to stay away from the term defund the police just because I feel like it starts to get really messy. And one of the things that I've, I've learned, and um, I'm sure you have encountered this as well, just through our, the activist work of you know, the LGBTQ community, is when we start to talk about and utilize specific languages that just cuts people off and they stop listening, it doesn't get you anywhere. Uh, it does not mean that in the you know background you're you're doing that work, but it's just about the messaging. And really, what it comes down to is assuring that we put the money where it needs to be um, placed. Uh, so when we talk about having accountability for the police force, you know the police force right now gets billions of dollars. So some of that money could be taken from the police force to make sure that the accountability and policies and procedures to hold the police force accountable are in place. Uh, we're talking about uh, who should be responding to certain calls, uh, especially those that are in mental crisis or um, specific social, you know, social challenges, 
you know, definitely like the, the money that from the police force should be placed into that. Uh, and really targeting the root causes of whatever um, our social issues are. You know, we've criminalized substance abuse, we've criminalized the uh, mental health crisis. And so all those things that have caused the increase of uh, response from the police, we need to figure out what is a better approach and where that money should actually be uh, put in place to target those challenges as opposed to just increasing the police. Well, it sounds like you're, you're walking the middle line that I think most people, I think in our circles that I know, there's definitely people that are 100% defund the police. I know those people, I speak with those people and I go to school with some of those people. I also know people in the community that are on the other side. It's like, no, we need to increase policing. We need to take care of this stuff and we need to come down with a heavy fist. Well, it sounds like you're not saying defund, but you're saying reallocation of funds. So there's still police presence, but yet there's also mental health and other resources because, you know, if you, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a mental health counseling student at SUNY Brockport. So, you know, I could be somebody, you know, in a year or two saying, hey, I could be applying for a job for something in the city, community-based for something like that. So, you know, for me, there's opportunity that I see to go out and help people because we, you know, one of the things is people who are having mental health breakdowns right now, they don't want the police called. They don't know their resources. They don't know what's going on, especially if you, you know, put on that intersection of color, gender, LGBTQ issues, you know, whatever it is, you know, so, you know, it's, it's walking that fine line and I'm trying to get to a question. I promise you, because it just went. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think you're fine, but I think reallocation is a great, it's a great word and and it's, you're hundred percent correct. Like that is the approach. And may, you know, maybe by little, little by little, we could start chip, chipping away at that and assuring that we reallocate those funds properly. Yeah. So one of the things that the rea- reality is, even if you do get elected, which I'm, I'm, I'm in your, on your side and I hope that it happens, um, the reality is that you're going to be a, a, a freshman legislator, a, a part of a larger organization you're going to have a what you're what do you, how do you see your first hundred days your first first year on the on, on on the on the on the council going if you could if you could draw a map what would you see yourself doing what would you like to do will there be would you find yourself are there people who like align like is there like a grouping like the mary lupian rachel barnhart group and things like that do you do you think there's are there like any alignments that you're planning on or would hope to or, or hope to work on yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, um, I believe a lot of people that see the same, um, or at least have the same opinions uh, that I do in, in different in different realms. Uh, I don't say that, you know, everybody necessarily aligns 100%. But also, like right now, it, like I said, there's five seats up for, for election. Um, you know, it's possible that three of the incumbents that are running get reelected. But at the same time, it's possible that it's all five new people that go into that position. So it's going to be, it's really hard to know like who, who can be in there, who's going to have all those seats that, um, you know, you could, that could create some sort of um, work with. But I believe that, you know, one of the, one of the things that um, I take some pride in is being able to find where I align with somebody and, um, 
in a way that we can actually create some change and work with that particular person on that particular thing. You know, I may disagree with them on something completely different, but if we can align it in one way to bring forward some change, I will do that. Do you have like a, 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 a shopping list of things that you want to work on? Or are you going to wait until you get there and see how things go in, in the council before you start deciding where you're going to want to like spend most of your focus or is that not how it works? Yeah. I mean, it, it depends because, uh, if you would have asked me this question like a year ago, I probably would have had different priorities than I, I do now and probably than what would be in place. Uh, once I actually get sworn in, if I do get elected. Um, but definitely, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that are, I feel I, I would want to be, I would want to work on. Uh, definitely, you know, reimagining our public safety is one of the things that is on everybody's mind right now. And it, I don't see that, you know, necessarily changing, especially the way that there's some pushback right now with the police accountability board. You know, that's probably still going to be there. So supporting them, uh, showing that they have what they need to do, the work that they need to get done. Um, and then focusing in on how do we um, create some of equity in our, in our community, uh, whether it is working closer with the community land trust, uh, showing that there is uh, investment in uh, housing for people, um, you know, assuring that any new development that goes up is actually a for affordable housing and stop the development of luxury housing that, you know, right now, a majority of the people that live in the city cannot afford. Um, so definitely, I, I, you know, there's things that I could see myself working on. Um, and it, it all depends on, you know, who else is on there. And hopefully I have some people that I could align with. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm just thinking here, and as you're out, you know, in the community, like you said yesterday, you were out volunteering, doing things, you know, are you still feeling that sense of drive after last year's push for social justice? You know, we still see things going on around the country here. We still see things going on here in Rochester. Do you feel this is the opportunity for change in the city, city council and whatever else that involves the city? Yeah, definitely. I believe that that, that, desire for change is there um and that that need quite frankly like we've been doing things a certain way and we it has not been working you know we still are one of the poorest cities in um you know the state for sure in um Oh, in the country. I mean, last time the, I've seen it, Rochester was the fifth poorest city in the country. Yeah, yeah, poorest city in the country. So, you know, there's things, the way things have been going is not is not working. Uh, we, our, our communities, our families are struggling. Um, and I think that the, the push for social change that was occurring, you know, last year and has been going on has only um, increased that, that desire and that need. So, we need to strike now. Uh, hopefully, we do have bring that change to the city um, in, in city council, so that we are able to uh, make the change that many of us have been calling for. But are we going to see that change at the top of the city too? I mean, because I mean, a, a fish stinks from the head down. So I mean, are we going to see change at that level as well? I mean, I mean, I look at Malik and I look at you know Lovely, who's not so lovely, you know, and 
you know, let, I'll just put myself out there, you know. <laughs> okay, guess who's not running for any public office in this, this election cycle? <laughs> but, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, those two candidates, I mean, and I'll say this, they seem like institutionalized candidates. You know, maybe a little different flavor, but they're still party machines, I think. Yeah, well, David Gant is the person who got lovely Warren in office. I mean, she's yeah, and I mean, I'm probably putting Victor in a tough spot, and you know, we can edit out it. But I mean, I, I just, there just needs to be some fresh blood here in Rochester politics. Yeah, no, and I mean, and that's a very fair, fair point, a fair question. Um, I think one of, a lot of people have a hard time separating kind of city council and the mayor's office just because they've been working together you know, and so closely and intertwined for so long, but they are supposed to be like, you know, two separate entities that are supposed to work together, but still hold each other accountable. Um, so you still are, can have, you know, whether, you know, whether whoever gets elected as mayor, you know, you still should have a city council that is out there pushing uh, and holding those mayoral uh, people in office and the administration accountable. Um, so there should be some work to be able to lift up the community, but at the same time, like, it, you know, like I said, like just making sure that there is accountability in place. Um, I don't think that it has really been the case. And, you know, that, need, that also needs to be changed. You know, city council has the ability to put together, put forward legislation whether or not you know the mayor's office or administration agree with it, um, that hasn't really been done before. Um, so there's definitely a lot that could be done regardless of who gets elected uh, as mayor. Right. So what, as you're out in the communities and doing stuff, not only as a candidate, but as a volunteer, um, what are you hearing from the people that you're working with about what they're looking for uh, from city council, from the from the Rochester government in general, where what are you, where what are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, definitely, um, you know, accountability and transparency are the two of the biggest things, in this, uh, specifically as it relates to somebody in, somebody in office. Um, so making sure that you know there is that accountability for public officials, that there is somebody that's actually going to you know, say what they, uh, do what they say. Uh, and I think be clear about why certain decisions were made and be honest and uh, all things that, you know, I feel every person, you know, especially those elected in office should be, should have. Um, and, but then at the end of the day, people just want to be able to, to live their life and, and be in a community that's thriving. Uh, and feel like they have, you know, stable, stable housing and have a job and are able to provide for their family, um, which are all issues, which are nothing new. You know, that's everything that everyone has been calling for and has wanted uh, for so long. And, you know, once tying it back to my personal story, why my family moved to the U.S. Yeah, well, that's, that's a great point. But it sounds to me almost like you're saying that, the reaction is, well, yeah, there's good luck, but I don't really, it's something they don't have any hope that the government is going to be able to affect their lives in any meaningful way. 
that it that it is a that it is a futile gesture to to run for office you know it may get you some uh, some visibility and it may move you along but you know that that that's from hearing your words that was the thought that came to my mind I was like is is that is that kind of what the feeling is oh good luck but you know you're not gonna nothing you're gonna do is going to affect my life in any way shape or form and how do you counter something like that if I yeah. said that to you, if I said that to you, Victor, I'm I, good luck to you. I expect, I hope you win. I hope you, you you're a great guy. I, I love all the time I've spent with you, but I really don't think you're going to do anything that's going to affect my life as an older, queer, unemployed woman who lives in Swil in a, in a lower income neighborhood. What are you going to do for me? Yeah, I, well, that, I, that's I, I appreciate that. I think that you know there is definitely the people that you know are pushing for change and, and those people that are like you know i haven't seen anything happen so why why would that change now and i think definitely um approaching it from this uh, idea that you know i many organizations and many community people have been bringing forward change and in very in small but significant ways and we really need the support and um of of city government to be able to continue that and i'm not i'm not going into necessarily you know city council with you know i'm going to be i can change everything i i know all the things to change everything but really bring in the support of those community people and community organizations that have been doing a lot of the work um, and lift up the work that they have been doing. Um, and hopefully, you know, with the fact that it is brought in from a community level, from those impacted, that true change could actually come into, um, into the city. Well, I certainly hope that's, that's the case. Um, here's a little story about me. I was, um, I was approached by the mayors. I know you're not running for mayor, but, um, this is kind of like, this is coloring and informing my feeling about, uh, the, the city government. I was, I was approached by somebody from the mayor's office about, um, talking about transgender inclusion and what can they do for the transgender community as, as the, from the mayor's office. And what are, what, are, what are the issues that they see and all sorts of questions like that. And I was like, all right, well, I'd, I'd love to have a discussion with you. But uh, first, can you tell me who the highest ranked transgender person is on your um, on your staff? And there was a, a month's pause and I got another message back saying, are you still interested in doing this? Because we don't know. And I said, OK, well, yeah, I am interested. And I've asked you a starting question and and I would like to and it's going to inform what I do here. Who was the highest ranked person, who, transgender, non-binary person on the mayor's staff? And that was, I believe, just before the pandemic hit. No, it was after. It was post-pandemic because it was a Zoom call. So it was like a year ago. And I've never heard back from them. Uh, so the, that's kind of going to inform my next my, my next question is, as as a as a gay man, uh, do you see your your um, your queerness? as a positive a, a positive a negative or completely doesn't matter at all in in, the, in your campaign i mean i definitely see it as a positive i you know i believe any and all experience that i bring uh matter 
uh, just like they matter for um, anybody else. Um, so I definitely uh, am very actively visible uh, about my queerness and about being an immigrant because I believe that those um, that matters and, and having that identity reflected in somebody who is running or somebody who hopefully, you know, gets elected, I think will only increase the, you know, the, the feeling of welcomeness and the feeling of being able to be open about issues and having people, you know, come forward uh, to share their experiences and share their stories. Um, and at least that is my hope. Um, and uh, I know I would feel more comfortable, you know, responding like if I got an email like that and being able to say, yeah, let me sit down with with you because I know that you in some way, there's some some reflection about my experience. Um, so I definitely see it as a positive and um, having more more people, diverse identities in, in um, especially in elected office or in public office. Um, would only serve the community better. Yeah. I think it's, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, at least in my opinion, that's what I think. Yeah. Cool. Are, there, are there any, are there any LGBTQ members on the council now? I'm, I'm not no, there are not. Or... Okay. Have there ever been? Yes. We know? Tim okay. Maines, right? He was on council for a while, right? Tim Maines, uh, Bill Pritchard, and then lastly, uh, Matt Haig, um, were all gay men that were on city council and as, so we had not had an LGBTQ person on city council for the last four years because when Matt um, stepped down because he was moving, um, we, nobody else got reelected. Um, so I was definitely, uh, recently Jackie Ortiz uh, left because uh, she went in uh, to the board of elections. Um, so I, I applied to take her spot um, and I was really hoping that I would be able to at least fill in um, for until this election, uh, just to, again, bring forward some LGBTQ representation um, to city council. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but so hopefully this time around, we actually elect somebody that is from the LGBTQ community. Are you the only, are you the only uh, gay person running? I'm sorry. Are you the only gay, okay. gay person running for city council right now? Uh, no, I am not. No, I, I am not the only gay person. Um, I. From what I know, there's there's several LGBTQ people that are that are running city council, and I think that's well, kind of cool. I, I'm I'm so cool glad that this is a non-issue. Uh, yeah, that you're not that you're not groundbreaking things here, and that there is a history of this. So that, I just wanted to you know, just wanted to that 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 actually I think is progress in in a lot of ways. Well, and also I think it's the representation and having that viewpoint that's not from a from a cisgender straight perspective that's missing out because our viewpoints are going to be a little bit different you know we of course we're going to have similarities but there are nuances in what we need from our communities what we need for health care what we need for safe housing and that stuff is a lot of the things that our communities bring to the table that i think that are overlooked a lot of times and from other people that don't have that um shared experience that we have with each other yeah exactly definitely so what's the timetable now? It, it, it's, it's, this, is the, this is the election year for it, right? As in this is the election year for it, yes. And the timetable is quite short, primarily because we are a city. Uh, so essentially the Democratic primary decides you know, who, who is going to be in office, even though we still have the November election. 
if we look back just historically, whoever wins the Democratic primary is going to be um, elected in the November election. Um, so the primary is June 22nd. So that is just over two months from now. Uh, so it's quickly, uh, quickly approaching. So, so, I mean, these, these city elections and off-year elections are so vitally important. So what's your ground game looking like, Victor? <laughs> that is a great question. And it has been changing quite, quite rapidly because, uh, you know, especially with the pandemic going on, it is, it, it, I, during petitioning, I was not necessarily going door to door just because it was still, you know, peaking of the pandemic, of the, of the COVID-19, um, crisis and it's starting to peak again. So it's constantly like, you know, evaluating where we're at. Uh, so a lot of it has been social media. A lot of it is phone calls. Uh, we are going to start, um, you know, masking up and like at least dropping off literature uh, at houses, uh, knocking on some doors, you know, going to the public market or uh, other public spaces and at least being able to hand off some literature. Um, to make sure that you know my name gets out there but it's definitely different than you know i ran in, in 20 in 2019 um and that was a lot of door knocking just just constantly um but this time it has been very different and constantly trying to evaluate where the state of the the, the, the city's at and you know how to how to stay safe it adds a, a whole nother level of um to this work yeah do you and also you don't have to Go through as many shoes, I'm guessing. Yeah. But yeah, but you miss, but that that face to face contact that that's got to be so important for a politician, for someone who's running for office, is that the actually going to somebody's door. At least no one else is doing it either. So I mean, everyone's got a fair. It's, it's a fairly level playing field, but still, it's got to be really, really hard to to make authentic connections when you're on the other side of a screen with them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, I mean, uh, some people are starting to do it. And I think as now that we start to get a little bit warmer, uh, uh, people feel a little bit more comfortable because at least now you could kind of like stand outside before, you know, if it was the winter time, people would invite you in. And then, you know, that is a no, no right now. So at least now you could like knock on the door, make sure you have that distance and still be able to speak with the person. So it's uh, more and more people, candidates are starting to do that and knock on doors. So it's something that you know, we're going to start doing as well. Uh, but you're right, you know, that face-to-face -face connection is, is really everything. You know, it's really where you get to learn about somebody's issues and be able to show, also show yourself and show who you are as a person to, to the voter. Um, and, you know, I like to think that I'm a fairly personable person. Uh, so that is- Can really attest, right. can attest. <laughs> so that to me, that definitely is uh, an area that I-, I I miss and I like being engaged in, you know, in conversations with people, especially smaller groups or one-on-one -on -one is really where I, I'm my best. So, you know, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to um, getting to at some point. So as you're walking around the neighborhoods, getting face-to-face, -face, you know, breaking in those shoes, do you wear a big button that says I'm vaccinated? I mean, how do you I mean, just to put people at ease? I mean, <laughs> That is a good question. And actually, yeah, so I actually, I just received my first shot. So I'm due for my second shot in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, but that's not a bad idea. I, I should look into that. Having, having, having either a mask or a button that says I'm fully va vaccinated, that might help people at ease. 
I'm You're gonna welcome. write that down. Thank you. <laughs> But take your vaccination card. You can come, come, over, come see me at Staples, and I'll laminate it for you for free. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just carry that around. Here you go. Yeah, it's I mean, uh, my, why not? You know, like the the vaccine passport. You know, this is my passport to your vote, right? Yeah, here. yeah. There you go. As a, as an at large though, I mean, do you have a neighborhood that you would go, or can you, or it's like, do you go across the town, across the city, and where would you target? Yeah, I go all over the city. So you have, you have to get to all over the city. Um, it's, you know, it's easy to target, you know, my immediate area, especially because I ran there once before. So, you know, I can go to and be like, Hey, remember me? I ran once before. I hope you can support me this time around or support me again. Uh, but definitely, you know, as somebody who is, wants to be um, serving the seat that uh, reflects the entire city, I need to be out there making sure that I speak to as many people from all over the city as I can. Well, and I think this is a good civics lesson. I mean, you get list of voters too, or who are registered Democrat, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. And then you also see, I, I don't know if it's names, addresses, what you exactly see, but don't you kind of, don't you know who's voting in these elections? So, you know, you know, out of that probably eight to 10% that are going to show up on, out of registered voters in the city, you can say, okay, these are the ones that I need to hit. Is, is, is that is that how that yeah. ground game is organized? Yeah, so that's a lot of, yeah, now you're, like, you're definitely getting into like actually the ground, wake, the ground game and like the um, strategizing that goes into place. So you do get a list of every voter, you know, that is registered to vote in Monroe County. Uh, and then you can narrow it down by party uh, you can narrow it down to who voted in the last primary, who voted in the last two primaries. So you have all that data and just the way how you break it down. Um, so definitely, yeah, targeting the people that have voted before um, and especially those people that vote in the primary. Um, so yeah, start to break down all that um, to see who you actually going to go talk to, um, which is, you know, I wish I could talk to everyone. I wish I could talk to every voter but there's just not enough hours in the day and not enough days before election. Well, that okay, just so makes that, so sorry, sorry, Penny. This just makes every vote that much more precious in these off year elections. When you're talking about the city, the neighborhoods that you live in, this is why you need to get out and vote because your vote matters even that much more in these elections. Definitely. And it, it means that you're going to start to get receive information and not and, and door knocks from from candidates in the future if you go out and vote. Yeah. So let's make this your uh, a little a little exercise for you. Um, you walked onto an elevator and on that elevator with you was every single eligible city of Rochester voter uh, in, in, in the city. And you've got uh, you got 40 seconds to convince them to vote for you. What would you say to them? Ooh, 40 seconds. <laughs> That's the elevator pitch. <laughs> that is the elevator pitch. And I'm still working on mine, but I, you know, I want to build a thriving, equitable city. I want to make sure that this is a city where young families come, they want to move to, they want to start their families here. They want to start uh, businesses and work here, but we do it in a way that is equitable, that lifts the people and the communities that have been here for generations up and not leave anyone behind. 
how was that? Was that 40 seconds or less? <laughs> the, bing, the door just opened up. <laughs> and you and you backflip your way right out of the out, out of the elevator. I need to work <laughs> on my backflips. So I as, as, as you're saying that I was I'm, the way I was thinking about this the very first time we met I believe it was you was at the very first uh, human rights campaign fundraising dinner uh, at like in 2008 where uh, Carol who was running it had everyone go around the date table and say one interesting fact about themselves you were there weren't you Yes I was yeah were, were you the one that said that your interesting fact was that you could do a backflip no, it was not me. No, it oh. was not me. <laughs> oh, I thought that, what, what, what was your interesting fact? I forget. Oh, uh, I can't remember. I think it, I don't think it was an interesting fact, but just a fact about me. And I believe it probably was that I was born in Mexico. That probably was my fact. Um, yeah. I tend to be uh, pretty boring with my my facts about myself. So I tend to go to uh, to easy things. Oh, so well, 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 you've just destroyed my vision of you because I had, I was terrified. <laughs> I, I was in the wrong, I felt like I was in the wrong room when I walked in there because I don't know who was talking, but someone was like, you know, do you think we can get Hillary for this? And the other person says, I don't know, let me call her secretary. And I'm like, what the hell am I getting into? <laughs> literally, literally, when I was asked to do this, I thought they, were at, they, they set a fundraiser and, you know, like I thought they were going to ask me to come up and do like five minutes or something like that. I didn't realize yeah. it was for the freaking human rights campaign. So I, was, I was, I was complete, I was terrified sitting in that meeting. And then, do you remember what my my uh, my interesting fact was? Oh, it was well. One of the other people in there was my ex-wife's OBGYN, who was on the panel. And so, my interesting fact was that one of the other people on the other people in the room pulled two of my children out of my ex-wife's womb. <laughs> <laughs> I did not remember that. But... Yeah, no, it That's was, great. It was, it was like I, I I I didn't even recognize him until I heard his voice, and I was like, "Oh my God, out there!" He is. And I'm for whatever reason, he didn't recognize me either. Go figure, you know. <laughs> Nothing changed in the last while. twenty years with me. Yeah, it had been quite a while. <laughs> just so, your hair color. <laughs> just your hair color. Just my hair color. Yes, and also the fact that I had a beard, and also you know, oh, there's so many things. Let's not even get into it. So Victor, it's been really, it's been, it's been a lot of fun talking with you and it's very educational to hear about this. And I, and I wish you all the luck in the world. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. It has been, it has been a pleasure. Um, the time flew by, but anytime you want to, you know, get together and talk politics or just civics in general, let me know. Cause I'm happy to, to do that. Well, and I, and I appreciate your pronouns there, Victor, not only in English, but you also have uh, a little Spanish there at the end too, correct? Yeah, my pronouns are he, him, el. Okay. So, so, could, you, could you do me a favor? Uh, how would you say this is Transformation Thursday in Spanish? Este es el Jueves de Transformación. Say it one more time. Este es el Jueves de Transformación. I like that. I'm going to start using that. I also want to see if my translator, my Zoom translator actually gets that right. <laughs> Victor, thank you very much. The the, uh, the election day, the primary day again is the 22nd of June? June 22nd is primary election day. But of course, we have early voting. And I do not know exactly when early voting starts, but I'm sure it's like usually a week or two before that. But election day is June 22nd. Okay, so if you're in the city of Rochester, vote for my friend Victor. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you, Penny. You're welcome. Thank you, Amy. Thanks, Victor. Thanks for coming on. And we'll be back with more Transformation Thursday right after this. 
To financially support Transformation Thursday, go to TransformationThursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday Podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at TransThursPod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google podcast or wherever you get your podcasts on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review it's free and it does help get transformation thursday out to a larger audience finally transformation thursday is copyrighted material all rights reserved 2020 welcome back to transformation thursday i'm penny sterling and my pronouns are she her and i'm amy stevens and my pronouns are she her and l en français i thought it'd be ella wouldn't it be ella in Spanish? No, in Spanish? French. I said French. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, Victor wasn't French, though. Victor was Spanish. That's why he said um, the words he said about this is Transformation Thursday in, Sp in Espanol. That's my yeah, Spanish. Yeah, but Amy, Amy took French. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're getting from me. Okay, you're getting us. Yeah, well, I my, um, uh, me amo centavo. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, I don't, you you love me? The Miami Centavos. My name is a one cent piece. Uh, <laughs> I don't know Spanish. Um, I don't get lost in my estes dos chicas en la cocina. What a pity there are two women in the kitchen. That's about it. Uh, but I do know that Victor is a fantastic guest. Uh, I really. Uh, I really enjoyed hearing him. I, 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 he's always been an impressive young man to me. I get to say young man because I'm so old. Uh, and it, he's, and my takeaway on this was, um, you know, as I, as I was thinking about this and I've been thinking about my uh, interactions limited as they are with uh, the city of Rochester's government, um, that it, it, it was interesting hearing and coming to the conclusion that sometimes change in a government has to you have to try coming from within so it's great to have people like victor uh who are willing to go in and uh row against the tide in the uh in, in the uh in, in in the halls of in the corridors of power in order to try and make the effective change that we need to see in our society yeah and my big my big takeaway is, is, and Victor hit on this when I asked him the question is, you know, there seems to be that continued push for social justice here within our communities, especially um, within the city of Rochester, which I'm not a resident of, so I don't get to vote in June um, for city council, but Victor would have my vote if I did live there. You know, but the interesting thing is, is I hope that we can, that energy that was felt last year continues and I think with, you know, the continued actions of many police departments around the country and specifically here in the city of Rochester that, you know, our communities are tired, marginalized folks are tired, people of color are tired, and it's time for some real change. And I hope people like Victor can tap into that and can affect that change. If anyone can do it, he can. He's a very, uh, very smart and driven and uh, very charming young man. And I freaking love his hair. I wanted to run my fingers through it, but he's on the other side of the computer screen. 
Um, but anyhow, so that's that. I'm really glad that he came over there. It was a really good get. We got we got some other political people coming up here in the in the next couple of day in the next couple of uh, transformation Thursdays. Uh, I've confirmed confirmed that we're going to have um, on drawing blank Lindsey Boylan on from uh, who is running for the presidency of the Man Manhattan Borough. President. Why, why why is she so important, Penny? Oh, she's also the was the first uh, woman to came out and talked about the improper conduct of her former boss, um, um, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, and she was the first person to come out on that. So that's, that, that's a really important uh, thing. And, and so that's, that's the transformation that we're going to be talking about with her is the way, um, you know, everyone was like looking at Cuomo lining up as a, as a potential president. And now, uh, you know, that, that first person came out and then another person came out and talked about it. And um, I don't really see that happening. And, I, and hopefully it's going to start bringing some accountability uh, into the uh, in, into politics and in, in that in that field and that nature, you know, the sexual, you know, that the that that sort of sexuality stuff. But I'm talking yeah. a lot more about that than I really wanted to. I'm yeah, just really happy that it's coming. Yeah, and I'm really, yeah, I'm really happy that we, you know, you were able to make that happen. That's a, you know, as we say in the podcast and radio biz, that's a great get. A get, <laughs> a really great get. Yeah, I got, I got a good get. <laughs> my, my, my words are escaping yeah. me again yes. this evening I, at the end of the weekend. <laughs> I got a good guest get, I guess. So that's. Oh, good. but but I mean, but when, you know, maybe we get to this another time, but you know, when you start hearing rumors like this, so how many of us were really like, yeah, I'm really surprised, you know, a politician in power would behave like that. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I think very nearly one person said that. Um, yeah. And it, it's, and, and that person was being disingenuous, but I that I don't get that vibe from Victor. Um, I get an earnestness and I get a, an exciting and dynamic uh, potential candidate, potential city con congressman. And I wish him great success. Maybe we'll council, have them back on again. Council Councilman. Person. Council person. Thank you for the correction. Really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, sorry to do that to you. I don't mind one little bit. At least I didn't misgender him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I, you know, and you know, and I would like, you know, if there's somebody listening out there, especially here in Rochester, Western New York, or you know, anywhere in the state, really, you if if you think you have a transformation story political that you want to come on and talk to us about, reach out to us. Or non-political, and yeah, and we are yeah. interested in change. We're uh, interested in uh, your your transformations. As Amy and I have both trans transformed ourselves very dramatically, and so we both are interested in dramatic transformations of all kind. Uh, so yeah. uh, just go ahead, and we're on all the socials, as the kids these days say, um, and uh, just just shoot us a message, and we'll be uh, we'll be happy to talk to you and, and yeah. see if we can't get you on. Uh, should but we that's wrap this up now? I think we should definitely wrap it up in the most traditional way possible, a way that I really rejoice in because, again, having you back uh, behind a microphone with me at the same time is not something that seems to be happening a lot anymore, and I like it better this way. And I also like saying this to your face. So, good night, Amy. Good night, Penny.